Welcome back. My name is Chris. My name is Andy. And my name is Steve. <laughs> my name is Steve. Podcast software. Shutting down. 2.0. Steve kind of is on robot mode. He's had a busy day. Busy week. Shooting for the man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chugging that corporate D. Yeah, yes. A lot of, lot of, lot of corporate shoots this week. Uh, we've been we've been in colleges. We've been in old ladies' homes. We've been in orchestral theaters that are outdoors. It's we've been at parades. Or- it's orchestral, been a, Stephen. Uh, no, this one I went to was not orchestral. That <laughs> we've got an action-packed show for you here this evening. We've missed you very much. There's less streaming and more things this week, Ooh, uh, but tell. we're excited to bring those to you. We've got some good news, personal news too. I got a big one to drop on you, but we'll we'll just leave that for like 37 seconds from now. If you've never listened to the show before, welcome. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's going to be fun. Num, num, num. And if you have, welcome back. We love you. Hi. Hi. Hi, friend. I missed you. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to email us here at the show, you can email streamingthingspod at gmail.com and we will read it and most likely not respond <laughs> for four to five days. Though we do love it, and we will read it. Just know that. Yeah, Shay. You can also dial a number on your phone that will reach us here at the show. Andy, what is that number? That number is 859-757-4051. It hurts me the way you said that. Because it's 859-757-4051. And you can dial that number, leave a voicemail. At least. We will listen to it. Yeah, you did it. You knew the number. You knew the number. I have the memory of a goldfish, and sometimes I forget where sentences go. Star Wars. I just remembered. Fody Fitty One. Fody Fitty One. That's uh, Paul Walker and Too Fast, Too Furious. Exactly right. Reading the phone number. Um, listen, to, refer to last week's episode <laughs> if you don't get the reference. Uh, so we're still recovering from our Fast and Furious binge, but we got some things on the horizon. Just a few things I want to point out that are going to be coming up next week. As of right now, it's next week. You might be a delayed listener, and it was last week, but that's just going to be a, a Nolan-esque, confusing timeline configuration. As of right now, it is what July second, some shit like that. Uh, July 9th. It's Black third right now. Whatever. Black Widow. Don't interrupt me, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Black Widow is dropping on July 9th. So we're going to be seeing the premiere uh, of that film and reviewing that on the show. We're very excited about this. I cannot wait to see David Harbour and Florence Pugh join pew, the pew. MCU. <laughs> pew Pew. <laughs> Florence Pew Pew. Uh, actually, yeah, she'll be doing Pew Pew things. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be fun. So excited. Um, so, yeah, really and excited Rachel about that. And Rachel Weisz and Scarlett Johansson. Hey, man. Was they, That's awesome. Some people were already in the MCU. I was talking about people joining it. And Rachel Weisz was none of those people who were already in it. You're right. <laughs> Put some respect on that beautiful woman's I name. I just watched... Uh, Mummy? No. Enemy, <laughs> Enemy at the Gates. Even oh, better. Classic. Yesterday. I uh, love that film. Love that film. So, any well, that's what we're doing next week. Where Germans have American accents and Russians have British but accents. But it, it's, it's okay if you establish <laughs> that in advance. Yeah. <laughs> if you just say, hey, we're, we're not going to do the whole movie in Russian. Yeah. Right? This is how we talk. It's fine. That's what they do in Doctor Who. They're just like... 
are they speaking Russian right now? Yeah, the TARDIS does a thing. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just fine. British people. Yeah. In universe. Um, and so also there's a few things coming out that we're not going to discuss tonight, but we're very excited about them. We're trying to try to work them in. So one of which is Fear Street. I don't know if you, you guys and gals at home know about this, but Fear Street is a trilogy of films debuting on Netflix all this month. So all three of them are dropping one week at a time throughout July. It's a series of horror features based on Arl Stein series, uh, but they're R rated. So they're not going to be, don't let Arl Stein throw you off. This ain't goop. goop. They're Arl Stein rated. Yes. They're rated Arl Stein. Yeah. The, the, the uh, pirate's favorite rating. Uh, damn it. <laughs> there don't let there, it's no goosebumps is what I was trying to get at. I kept stuttering. <laughs> the St. Joe mama's goosebumps. <laughs> so we're excited about that. Uh, Maya Hawk has joined the cast. I can't wait to see what our little stranger things kiddos are up to. And there are rated horror films. So, yeah. uh, I, it's getting good buzz, good reviews. I haven't had a chance to check it out quite yet, but we'll probably be talking about that a lot. We'll also continue our Loki coverage. Wait till the show finishes that'll be toward the end of july we're going to do a full wrap-up on loki i'm sure Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's a walkthrough of what's going on the rest of the month so much to look forward to i think so yeah also a little personal news i have uh terminated my position at my day job so you listeners at home have probably heard me uh talk hither and yon about my my woe-begotten career uh, and how I chose to make a living, blah, 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 blah. They pay me so well, but I hate it. And the scales of justice are tipping. And I decided to go for it with the support of my lovely wife. She's like, you know what? Why don't you just try? Just yeah. try writing full-time, blogging, doing your podcast. Uh, and even though you make little to no money whatsoever doing those things, what's the worst that could happen? We lose the house. We get hungry. (laughs) Who cares? You've had no house before. You've been hungry before. Was it really that bad? And I'm like, yeah, actually, it was pretty terrible. Well, who cares? Well, now you can be happy. Right. And poor. So I feel brave, but also stupid. But it's okay. It doesn't matter, at least. I've done it. Hey, man. I'm proud of you. He's basically Jon Snow. Brave and stupid. Yes. (laughs) But I'm proud of you, man, because you're taking a risk on yourself. You're investing in yourself. And even if, you know, this whole endeavor, you know, doesn't work out. Likely won't. You at least will grow old with age and you can look back on this time and say, hey, at least I tried. And that is something that a lot of people uh, don't ever even take that step. So damn right. Good for you. I'm, I'm rooting for you. And uh, I, I, I think Andy and I share the perspective that we will be here to make your dreams a reality in any way we can help. Quite literally. You're part of the show. As they said in Friends, I'll be there for you. didn't even watch that show. And in fact, you don't like it. It's even worse than not watching it. It's <laughs> okay. But I still appreciate the reference. No, the I, Rembrandt's. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, uh, like I said, I, I got paid very well and um, I made some bad decisions early in life. So I don't have the education or resume to warrant the sort of money I was making. So I felt stuck. But I have to acknowledge to myself, yes, I have a responsibility to my wife and my child. Yes, I have a responsibility to take care of myself and provide blah, 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 whatever. But I'm bored. I also. Right. No, it's like when I think about, uh, you know, the times that we've spent together on film sets and uh, what do I experience when somebody, you know, when one of my articles gets spread far and wide or even just the smallest comment. Hey, this was awesome. Thank you so much for writing this. That is a level of happiness that I can't, I can no longer deny myself, right? And I had just had, I told myself, hey, there are people on this planet that make a living doing this. Why not me? 
right? Why not you? Like, fuck those people. There's a lot of pie in that world. Fuck you go them. grab they your piece of it. shit on me. They nor King Kong have got shit on me. Neither nor. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Denzel said. So, any hoozle. I decided to make that a go. So what that means for you, dear listener, is you should expect a slight more level of preparedness, not this week, but normally <laughs> from me, at least. Um, and so to what tonight's episode is, we have a guest that called in. We had a wonderful conversation. You should would probably recognize her. Uh, her name is Lucia Lobos Villa, uh, and she has gone viral the last couple of weeks for a wonderful uh, impersonation i guess you would call it mm-hmm. uh of selena kyle aka catwoman does a spot on uh absolutely per- pitch perfect rendition she has a fantastic voice for that it's perfect absolutely and she's a professional voice actor and worker she's got a lot of good things to talk about we had a wonderful conversation for her so that'll cap the episode off but first what you're all expecting is a little crossing streams and we'll do that now <laughs> All right, this is Crossing the Streams. This is uh, Reverend Douglas bringing it straight to you. <laughs> I hope you like streaming the word of God. <laughs> Raining down upon the internet that is the heavens. I bet there's a preacher with a podcast out there. There has to be, right? There's so many. So, so many. many. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend Douglas here. And I've been streaming the word of God all week. My children, have you been getting on your knees and praising Jesus? The Lord said to me, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, donate to my Patreon. <laughs> Tax free, of course. We call it a tithe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably a thing. Uh, so I know Steve's been really busy. Andy's been really busy. He got a lot of personal things going on. Chris quit his job. What? So I've been streaming some things. But it just actually happened a couple of days ago. But I did squeeze a lot of stuff in, so I got a lot to talk about. Um, Andy, why don't you just lay it on us? What you been streaming? What you been doing? So a couple of things. First, I wanted to bring up um, the finale for Mythic Quest. That show is mm. so good. Mm. I, I feel like it has flown under the radar of Help somebody. Pop, pop culture in general. <laughs> um, <laughs> praise him. Like <laughs> I, I feel like nobody's talking about the show. And it is like... So funny, masterfully acted, has a wonderful cast, is biting social commentary, and just it's one of the more gorgeously shot TV shows out there. Mm -hmm. Like, this show has everything going for it except for an audience, it seems like. It's so weird, yeah. And it's a shame. Well, I I guess it's kind of not weird. It's 100% because it's Apple TV Plus, and who the fuck watches that? I do. I do. Like, that and Ted Lasso. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the shows I got. and, and, oh, yeah. And, no, and, I, I'm, I say who the fuck. I know all three of us watch shit out of it. But. Well, yeah, because the, the the subscriber base has to be way smaller on Apple TV Plus than in, like, let's say, a Disney Plus. What's yes. crazy, though, is that there are there have to be, like, more iPhone owners than there are subscribers to, like, Hulu, right? Yeah. And if they have an iPhone, the one that was purchased within the last five years, they got a free year of Apple yeah, TV. Yeah, come on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very strongly about Mythic Quest as well. Yes. So, Andy, what did you think about season two? I thought season two was absolutely fucking phenomenal, with the only exception of, like, the uh, mid-season 
here is our canned episode that doesn't really apply to everything else. It did not quite live up to the highs of uh, the uh, canned episode from season one. What was it called? Uh, uh, Dark Quiet Death. Dark Quiet Death. Thank you. Uh, it did not quite live up it to that. It was not called NPC. But also, <laughs> but also, uh, backstory, that was what it was called. Um, I, I, I think that they also kind of did themselves a favor in that they kind of dealt with tertiary characters in a way that it seems like most sitcoms don't. And yeah. I, I felt like uh, the person about whom that episode was. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was phrasing, a struggle that there. Fell apart. <laughs> you fucking nailed it, though. <laughs> um <laughs> The uh, I, I, I thought that they really actually gave that character like the spotlight in a way that you really don't get often with the uh, the occasional guy, I'll call it, that you, that you run into in uh, in TV and film. The secondary or third characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're not in every episode. And when they are in an episode, they're not. It's not about them. Well, and his function know? was solely I mean, he was just laughably racist and misogynistic and uh just a terrible person and that was the joke and he would hop in and he's like the boomer right mm-hmm. and um they actually did a wonderful job of not undoing those things but at the same time still giving him um a lens through which you could cast some empathy absolutely um, and i think that backstory the bottle episode from season two is just categorically different from dark quiet death and it's Mm -hmm. almost unfair even though i can understand the instant comparison because unlike dark quiet death it featured uh threads that would later come up again in the show itself and about characters Mm -hmm. that the show you know what i mean it just was kind of a completely different function kind of came back in the finale of season one but like yeah it's a really weak connection it's a weak connection versus like hey this is straight up here's one of our characters right we're gonna have this character as he is now come reference this directly Mm -hmm. after this like that and when they did that they did it so beautifully yes and had that awesome cover that john lennon song you know jealous man you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. that was so cool yeah that was um but anyway uh if you're not watching Mythic Quest, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, Rob McElhenney has come out and said, like, please watch this show. It means so much to me. Like, I don't think you understand. And I, when I watched the the finale, I, I was bawling like a baby because this was right leading. I had already talked to my boss about potentially leaving and they were trying to sell me on staying. And uh, it, the, a lot like, of we'll give you a free subscription to Apple TV plus. Yes. The quest. <laughs> but a lot of the episode is about taking risks and believing in yourself and quit being a little fucking bitch. Um, and, you know, in the Rob McElhenney voice, like you know, yeah. their way of saying those sorts of things. Um, and they have this perfect deadpan. Like as soon as they rope you into a really sincere moment, it'll come back to like it's always sunny type roots mm-hmm. you know and kind of nobody gives a fuck how you feel right yeah <laughs> are you crying you little dumbass you know like in me at home no it's funny um <laughs> the pacing on that is uh phenomenal and i think a lot of that writing i feel like comes down to megan gantz uh that i get so much of the, the like cadence of uh community in that show sure and she was one of the lead writers on that uh, so I, I feel like she has to have a lot to do with it. But Rob McElhenney, like his performances in this show are so good. Mm-hmm. Like he is ju- just this like, you know, douchebag with a heart of gold that is also kind of a genius. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, he the, really is like, what he believes himself to be, mm-hmm. but also a, a douche because he believes it. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I, I, so I can't speak highly enough about that show. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get back to it a little bit more when we get to Chris's cross the streams. The other thing that I watched was a recommendation that we got 
uh, when we were talking about our indie film. Mm, uh, Sing Street. Uh, Sing Street. <laughs> no, uh, we did get an email about Sing Street. I fucking love that movie. Yeah, we love that film. I just so want to show it out. So much. Yeah, Sing Street fucking rules. John Carney's his movies are amazing. And uh, yeah, I, I follow like all of the actors from Sing Street. I've watched that so many times. It's who, like, who's, who shouted out Sing Street? Actually, about a dozen people did. And uh, we just want, I was talking to Andy on the phone the other day and I was like, a lot of people think we haven't seen Sing, Sing Street. We need to mention it because Andy rocked that soundtrack for years I after we saw do. that. I yeah. still do. Drive it. Like you stole it. it. Yeah, anyway, we're not going to sing it. We're not good Going at that. <laughs> Guys, I just want to say I have a chair. I bought a ticket. Let's go. I'm going to this rendition. I actually know how to play uh, the Up song from Sing Street on guitar. Yeah. Here, let me go get you your guitar. Song. Let's do this. Let's Which do one? <laughs> uh, you want acoustic or electric? <laughs> I'll get the acoustic. All right, let's do this. Uh, classical, please. Huh? <laughs> 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 uh, Shay uh, most recently emailed us about that and yes I, I fucking love that movie I think we all do uh, the other thing that I've been watching uh, that we uh, had recommend to, recommended to us is a little movie called, called Time Crimes <gasps> you or watch Time Crimes? Los Chrono Criminales Criminales? Criminus? Why are you looking at me? I'm as white as you I are. I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe one of you guys would be like, hey, I took Spanish 101. This is how it's pronounced. Uh, you know damn well I took German and French. Yeah, well, fine. Anyway, I watched Time Crimes. Uh, that movie was actually really good. So it was not the uh, like be all end all, holy shit's going to blow your mind uh, time travel movie that I had kind of hyped myself up for it to be. Um in a way, it kind of gave me uh, one cut of the dead vibes, which Steve, I know you have not watched that yet. If you had, you would have called me immediately. Mm -hmm. I would. Uh, so that's therefore I know you, you would have been it. changed if mm -hmm. when we saw you next to watch that shit. But so it gave me those vibes wherein like early on, I'm like, why the fuck am I watching this? Like, why is everybody <laughs> saying this? this is so fucking great. And then like around like the 40 minute mark, I was like, oh, shit. OK, that was pretty cool. And uh, it kept feeling like I knew what it was doing. And being wrong, and that's a lot of fun in a movie, mm. especially a time travel movie. It took you on a ride. It did. It took me on a ride. Uh, I have to say some of the, uh, not some, a lot of the experience of that film is like, just say what the fuck you're doing and none of this would happen right now. You know what I mean? It's one of those that you run into a lot with like horror films. And this movie is yeah. kind of presented as a horror film. It's like a pseudo psychological horror slash time travel romp. Um, mm, a romp. Yeah, romp. Mm. Um, but <laughs> it, uh, that's a fun word. Romp. So it, it, it presents that way. That's why they're called rompers. <laughs> yeah. Because they're fun. Yeah. Um, sorry. I got distra distracted by the word romp. Um, so it has, because it presents itself in the way of being like a semi psychological horror thing, it runs into some of the issues that those films have with communication and, uh, just how the fuck would a normal person react to this situation? And it is not what I'm watching on screen. And mm -hmm. so that's a little frustrating. Sure. But you kind of just have to be like, all right, well, that's the decision he made. And I get to watch the consequences of that. But, and I feel like I'm kind of tearing into it. But the reality is I had a lot of fun with it. Like it was. Do they commit time crimes? Uh, kind of. Yeah, it, it, it is. What? It's what? It's hard to say. Kind of. Andy, answer the question. Do so, they commit a time crime? So the title <laughs> time crimes implies to me like a group of bandits that ran across a time machine and started using said time machine to go back in time and 
achieve criminal activities that they otherwise could not have without a time machine and things go wrong. Mm-hmm. That's what that AKA a time crime. Right. Indeed. Indubitably. I mean, that's how they define it. It's sort of a double system. redundancy. Yeah. Don't if you, you think? If you look up <laughs> most criminal, uh, that's what it says in the Spanish dictionary. But anyway, it's not that it is mostly about a single gentleman who happens upon a time machine and the things that happen as a result of him running into it and how his time travel adventures had affected things preceding the events that we saw. What the fuck did you just say? You sound like... (laughs) It makes sense if you watch the movie, all right? The way you said that sounds like like one of like a a lawyer like uh, trying not to incriminate (laughs) themselves on the stand. He's trying not to admit to the time crimes, Andy. It was was grammatically effective and spoiler free. Fuck you guys, I nailed it. Andy... Are you prepared to admit here in front of the judge, the jury, and God himself that you yourself have not committed a time crime? I can't, I cannot admit that because I wouldn't know, would I? Lock this man up, Chris. You, you're the judge and jury and executioner of this podcast. Lock this man up, please. Reverend, Reverend Douglas, lock him up. Penny, bailiff Penny, come get this man. <laughs> she just dig her head in the rug. Who, where, where can you watch? Um, uh, it's, on Amaz- it's on Amazon Prime right now. Uh, and I actively encourage everybody if you're interested in a fun porn film uh that and you like time travel movies phil don't watch this you'll hate it everybody else give it a shot <laughs> phil does famously hate time travel poor movies. phil but uh stephen the fifth is the one that suggested that right yes so thank you stephen the fifth he actually watched it stephen the v steve what have you been streaming life no <laughs> so like, like i mentioned this is another busy production week for me a lot of early mornings and late nights i did manage to however squeeze in mm. i know i'm a, a week behind but i managed to squeeze in the season premiere of season five of rick and morty yes that's one of the things um, i wanted to talk about it was free it's so uh, listeners you can stream it for free on youtube if you don't have access to adult swim or cartoon network which i think is where it's airing currently right Um, you can't watch it on hbo max yet they only have up to season four on the max but um the max on the max that's really not the max some amount of things you could be watching somewhere in between minimum and max it's Mm -hmm. somewhere there um hbo max average was just not a or hbo average was not good that's what they called me in high school (laughs) (laughs) yo hbo average you coming to the party no i mean you want to do a time crime (laughs) (laughs) uh no but season uh, the season premiere for uh, Rick and Morty was, I would say it's Rick and Morty probably at its best. It was a very, very good episode. I highly enjoyed it. Um, Rick and Morty is a weird series in that what is on screen, what they create, the show itself, I love. I think it's incredibly smart, very irreverent. It's some of the best, most clever sci-fi around. And they throw some of the crudest, dumbest humor in it. And it works. Um, However, Andy, you and I have talked about this several times, is that Rick and Morty has a very toxic fan base. Mm-hmm. So there's really no, uh, like uh, we've talked about fandoms before, where like you go to a Star Wars convention, you can be with the Star Wars fans. You go to a Harry Potter uh, forum and talk about Harry Potter with fellow fans. I have zero interest to talk to any Rick and Morty fans. Yeah, my enjoyment, those guys. Yeah, my <laughs> enjoyment of the show is 100% what 
uh, they put on screen. Mm -hmm. And I'm content to watch it, love it, and then, you know, maybe talk to you guys about it because I know you you guys are cool. Have you seen the shirt Chris is wearing? Uh, I'm wearing a Rick and Morty shirt. Yeah, and it's a great shirt. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The concept of this episode is so genius because they take so many different um, styles and genres and kind of throw them into one episode, and it works so seamlessly. It's ingenious. There's this whole plot where... Uh, Rick meets you. You meet Rick's nemesis, which is basically like if David Bowie was somehow Aquaman. You know, <laughs> like a hyper sexualized uh, sex pest was you know Aquaman, and they're having like a joint- Jason Momoa. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Go man. on. He's got the My eyeliner man. and everything. <laughs> well, his name is Mr. Nimbus in this show. And they're having what essentially is like a, a some a peace summit where they're 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 negotiating the peace terms of their their relationship. We're like, you can't come to the sea uh, or we'll go to war. And, and while this is happening, Morty is going into this uh time portal that's in their garage that leads to this world where time works very quickly so he goes and he drops like these barrels of wine on this planet and then in five minutes he's going to go back to collect it because in that world time has moved forward like 50 years so or now so. it's aged wine so it's aged wine um you know, but he keeps having to go back in there and just through a, a series of unfortunate events, he accidentally uh, changes the course of time for that planet where they kind of see him as this evil deity. Like the young who shows boy who up comes every to the few door. centuries and wreaks havoc. Yeah, yeah, there's like religious movements centered around his coming there. They, they've like their whole society is built around him just showing up to fetch wine every now and then. Uh, and all this is happening while his parents are trying to get a threesome with Mr. Nimbus. So it's just a lot of things are happening all at once but it's so goddamn funny and it works so well and i'm always impressed by the writers of that show how they're able to take all these different references uh genres themes and just kind of mash them into one palatable experience um so go watch rick and morty uh season five episode one uh streaming on youtube for free and if you have access to adult swim i uh, apparently the other episodes are just as good i i haven't seen those yet um, I will eventually, though. Um, the other things I've been streaming, you know, just more Loki, which we'll talk about uh, in a couple weeks, uh, and more The Bad Batch, which continues to be almost a bad a, batch. Of yeah, it's almost a chore for me where it's like, well, I have to watch this. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I'm not necessarily enjoying it. Um, they did bring back one of my favorite characters from Clone Wars. Uh, he came back two episodes ago, but he continued in this episode. Um, Was it Obi-Wan? No, no, he did not show up to go hello there. Um, <laughs> no, do you guys know who Cad Bane is? General no, Kobe. Bane. Yes, I know Bane. Not, not that Bane. Not Gotham. Not that one. Turn your lightsaber. What the fuck is that? You think this gives power over me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Bad Batch is fine. That's basically all I've been streaming this week. Chris, how about you? Well, uh, a couple of things have already been mentioned. I w- wanted to talk a lot about Rick and Morty. I'm glad you did that. And what did you think of it? I absolutely adore, obviously, Rick and Morty, right? I got I, I got the shirt. I'm no oh, poser. Geez. I'm no poser. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> oh, season Morty's five. killing Morty's. <laughs> That's the, one of the best episodes. <laughs> so I have the same experience. Like, I really, I it's one of the most toxic fandoms out there. And uh, it's hard to even describe what that means. But um, it's kind of the same sensation that I get in a weird way from uh, Rob McElhenney's character, Ian, and uh, Mythic Quest, in mm-hmm. the sense that, Rick and Morty really is that good. It really is genius. It's brilliant and layered. There's tons of Easter eggs and homage. Um, and it's just, 
a, a, a giant reservoir. It's deserving of, of an enormous fan base. Brilliant right. ideas. What's so interesting about Rick and Morty is that each episode is packed with two to three like genuinely brilliant science fiction ideas that could be adapted into their own like, oh, yeah. feature project. Like, wow, that's what a neat concept. Like what you were talking about with the wine. And even though that's funny, that could so easily be made serious and turned yeah. into like a brilliant, like, um, you know, Denis Villeneuve production. You know what I mean? It's a time trip. <laughs> and they just throw them out willy nilly and just make fart jokes out of them. And it's almost like, I don't know, like the panache of that, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's self-aware and the fans know that and they think, oh, you just don't get it, you know, or and they kind of take the wrong lessons from Rick, uh, who's a, on many levels, a terrible person. Right. Mm -hmm. But so blah, blah, blah. We're not here to talk about what's wrong with the fandom. But so that's unfortunate. You know, like it's almost like a you got to hang out with the douche. And it was kind of the same in high school, like certain bands or whatever. You just really liked them, but you're wearing the shirt and then you get lumped in with like a class of fans. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, you know, like I just really like Nirvana. I just like cake. Those yeah, guys. exactly. Um, I just like cake. That goes, that, that has a double entendre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I absolutely love the show. Season five's kicked off right as good as all the other ones. I can't believe it. Um, it's sort of like South Park, you know, where it's like season 20. You're like, this can't possibly be funny. And, uh, and holy shit. Yeah. Um, but Rick and Morty's right up there for me. So what I do, uh, I buy the, the whole season on Amazon every year, every two years, however long it's been. Um, it's usually every two years, but I think this one's sooner. And so I get the day that it comes out the next day, I'll be able to view the episode because I don't pay for like Hulu live or Hulu TV or whatever it would be to basically have fucking cable that pisses me off. Yeah. So I just have every streaming service and every now and then if I want to see something like before it's available on a streaming service, I'll actually pay. I think it's like twenty four ninety nine. Uh, I'm no longer employed. I might not just do shit like that willy nilly anymore, <laughs> but I did it because it's Rick and Morty. I'm like, eh. I'll start saving money later. I will say, I forgot to mention this. So last, uh, last season, season four, I, I managed. So adult swim has a streaming service mm -hmm. and they do update the, the, the most recent Rick and Morty episodes. And it's, it's like every streaming service. It's like, here's a two week free trial. Cancel anytime. So I did that. Watched the few episodes of Rick and Morty. I like how you did that in the Morty voice. Oh, gee, do it anytime. <laughs> you can cancel it whenever. I swear <laughs> to God, you won't forget. Rick, it's really cool. They give you a chance to like the content that you like. <laughs> um, but it, it's, it's um, you know, I, I, I watched the season and then like, you know, forgot about it. And a month later, I was kind of wanting to watch a specific episode from season four. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Will it let me watch it still? And it somehow let me just watch it, even though I was not paying for it. I just kind of logged in. It let me watch an episode and then it locked me out after I watched it ep that episode. It was weird. It was like, it was kind of like Adult Swim's streaming platform. It's kind of like, hey, do I know you? And you're like, yeah. And it goes, all right. <laughs> and then like a half hour, I was like, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Back out, back out, back out. And then you come back a week later. It's like, oh, hey, man. Do I know you? <laughs> so it does that periodically still? Yeah, it still does. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, at like least the most audible. I periodically get a free trial and get a free book and then like, all right, see ya. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Take, suck it, Bezos. Um, add that to my Bezos? library of free trial books. So, so that's what I do, though. I mean, if it, if you're looking for a way to watch it, you know, legally and immediately, you know, you can just buy it on Amazon or something like that. Um, but yeah, I absolutely adore uh, Rick and Morty season five. Mythic Quest's season finale Oh, absolutely. Chef's kiss. Very sad, though. I, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, listener, there is no plans 
for a myth, not to spoiler alert. There's no plans for a mythic quest season three as of right now. He just, Rob McElhenney just said, I don't have any plans for it. Doesn't mean it won't happen, which scared the shit out of me because I love that show. But I also think it could end right where it ended and I would be fine. They did a good job. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll say about that. Did you notice that they intercut a lot of screens from Horizon Zero Dawn in the finale? I (laughs) never played that game, so I would not have noticed that. That's the only thing I know about the the last episode is because a buddy of mine is a huge gamer, and he was like, are they allowed? It's a Ubisoft show. How can they do that? (laughs) 100%. I was like, that is a Sony property that a Ubisoft show is playing. It sort of, kind of, thematically ties in, I guess, but the show isn't about, you know, robot dinosaurs, so... I'm not sure why they're doing this. Yeah, they might have paid some money to have it in there because the isn't there a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel coming out soon? There is, yeah, there Forbidden is. West. Aha! That money rules all. Um, <laughs> I also finished the game It Takes Two that I talked about a few weeks ago that me and my wife were playing. Um, did it just, in fact take two? It did, and mm. literally, you cannot play the game by yourself. They don't and lie in, this, in the title. I just wanted to shout it out again, just because I actually um, I think it helped. You know, not that my marriage needed help, but uh, it's always good to find unique ways to connect and spend time together. And I think it did that for us in a way we hadn't uh, thought of or tried before. We had a a blast. I think it only took 20 or 25 hours to beat the game. Um, The voice acting is really, really well done. Um, The writing character development was solid, Um, but also the actual um, gameplay itself was so creative. I've talked about it before, like each separate chapter of the game was an entirely different kind of game um there was one part where it's like a dungeons and dragons like a dungeon crawler is that what that's called like where it's kind of top down and you just like hacking and slashing and opening doors totally uh, there was one that was a dungeon crawler and i was having such a blast because andy and i hail from childhood together and we used to play like uh uh, baldur's gate a lot together and um diablo diablo 2 we played that a lot together and i adore those games and so i'm sitting there with my wife and I, she's like shooting uh, lightning bolts and I'm like teleporting and swinging my sword. Lightning and bolt, lightning bolt. I look, yeah, I look over at her and I'm like, this is awesome. And she's like, this is awesome. And I was like, oh my God, we should play Diablo three together. Like it just opened up a whole new door. Like you like, the, are you digging this? And she's like, yeah, I'm digging this. You know, it's anything you try. Whenever you try something new with your significant other, you know, like, are you enjoying this? Should I, should I stop? Are you down? (laughs) You want more lightning bolts? She's like, yeah, I think I do. So anyway, I just, I had an absolute blast. Um, I think it was only like 10, 15 bucks, uh, to, to buy. It takes two, but I highly recommend it. If you haven't heard about this game and you're looking for a way to bond with somebody or, or you maybe don't have anybody, sorry to bring that up, but you could, I'm supposed to be funny. I made it worse. You guys didn't laugh. (laughs) No, you can play online with strangers. Just like everything else that we were uh, implying can be done online with strangers. So that's It Takes Two. I bought it on uh, PlayStation Plus. And also, I watched a movie called No Sudden Move. Have you guys heard about this film? I don't believe so. I feel like you told me about it. Yeah, I called you. I really enjoyed it. The world is talking about it. It debuted on HBO Max. um, And it's a Steven Soderbergh film. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember this. It stars Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro. David oh, Harbour. That's out already? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that came out. It's a crime caper. It's really good. David Harbour's in it. John Hamm. I forgot to tell you that, Andy. And nice. Brendan Fraser. Back from the dead. Oh, shit. Weren't we just talking like maybe a month or two ago like, where Brendan Fraser went? Well, I know he was in the Doom Patrol show um, that's on HBO Max as well. Okay. Uh, the DC-based show, but... 
it's not, I didn't enjoy it very much, but uh, the movie's also written by Ed Solomon. Um, I really love it. There's some, like, they're just really chewing scenery. These actors are acting the shit out of this shit. Oh, it's also got Julia Fox from Uncut Gems. Yes. Um, so I was very excited to see all of them work together. It's a great ensemble, and it's free to view as long as you have HBO Max. So I highly recommend that. I'd like to talk about it with people. Email us in. Let you know what you think. Because I was kind of back and forth. There's a lot of, like, uh, Mission Impossible 1. Oh, he did it. No, she did it. No, he did it. No, they're working together. Oh, they're not working together. And it just kept flip-flopping so much that I was a little exhausted by the end. Like, oh, of course they betrayed him. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> not shocking now. But then it kind of all still tied together by the end. I was pretty satisfied. And shout to John che- uh, Don Cheadle. I mean, he just fucking killed it in this film. Um, Don Cheadle's the man. He is, in yeah. fact, the man. Um, so I would highly recommend that. And also, finally, I meant to go to the theater to watch Zola. I, to- I told you on Twitter, it was actually really funny. My tweet was, and I quote, um, I don't know much about the world these days, but one thing I know for sure is I'm going to see Zola tomorrow. And, <laughs> and I did didn't, you? I did not go. So I actually know nothing about the world. Uh, time got away from me. It was a time crime, in fact. Uh, so oh, I, Andy! It was Andy all along. <laughs> it was kind of my fault that we were going to go together, and then I took these side. Gigs, you said but, you did commit a time crime, and you did. <laughs> he did. He stole time from me. I took these side jobs that were supposed to take like fifteen minutes each, like these IT jobs, and they took like two and a half hours each. And then there was like an hour and a half drive between them. It was a nightmare. Yeah. So by the time he got home that night, I was all depressed. Like no. It was Andy Cash going to go to an AA meeting, <laughs> which was good, by the way. I'm glad I did that. Good, good. Uh, but I will be going to see Zola this week. If you don't know, it's a film based on a viral Twitter thread about a true story. And that's mm-hmm. it's an a, a it's an A24 film. Absolutely. When you first text, cannot me, wait to go see it. Like, hey, because you, you messaged both of us like, hey, do you want to go see Zola? I wanted to talk about it on the show tonight and review yeah. it. Well, when you texted me, I had actually at that point never heard of the movie before. So I was like, they made an Armin Zola movie. That's kind of a really deep pull for Marvel. (laughs) Real deep. (laughs) No, that's not what it is. I don't think it's like that. But I'll be seeing that that this week. Really landed. That was a. a (laughs) (laughs) If I had a crickets button on the ready, I would have just blasted that shit. (laughs) Definitely need a crickets button loaded in. We need to get one. Damn it! But what I so much. What I did watch. Have you guys ever? I mean, this is there. It is. Yes. (laughs) Wait, is already on the software there? It's one of the defaults. Damn it! (laughs) They knew. Oh, this. Oh, I could have done this too. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a (laughs) failure. So I did watch a film called Sneakers, uh, and it's written and directed by Phil Alden Robinson. And I've been wanting to watch this for months. Uh, I've said many times that I adore a film critic by the name of Priscilla Page. Uh, Follow her very closely on Twitter. I love her takes on films and how much she adores them. She absolutely loves this movie, Sneakers. Uh, It was released in 1992, and it stars Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, um, actually... David Strathairn, River Phoenix, and I don't know if you'll know his name, but you'll know his face, uh, Mary McDonald, and Donald Logue. Do you know who that is, Steve? Oh, yes. Uh, I, do, I do know the name. He's the, crazy the guy in, he's the crazy guy in Blade One uh, that gets set on fire. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. it's him, like, but as a fetus. Like oh, he's, I know that guy. He's so young. Um, so when I saw him, I was like that that uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's like holding the beer, pointing at the TV. Uh, that was me. This movie is awesome. Uh, it's a caper, much like No Sudden Move. Is it a romp? It's also a romp. Yes. 
But this movie, it really shocked me about like how many like Ocean's Eleven type films are derivative of this film. I mean, they just did it so well. Like you got the crew, everybody's got their own skills. Um, it's, it's so entertaining, so well done. I'd never seen anything, like I forgot how charming Dan Aykroyd was. How could I forget that? How could you? What a, that's a time crime in itself. Yeah, Andy, stop it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's about these two, and it's really interesting too, because it's in the beginning, and this is 1992. They don't know much about computers, right? They're just like, hey, floppy disk, they do shit. You should go to um, IT. But this film is highly based around computers uh, even though nobody really knew that much about computers and it's kind of like angelina jolie's hackers you know mm-hmm. like watching it today is like oh you're they're hacking uh <laughs> hey turn just, on the monitor oh just, shit <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing um i'm in but it's about two kids in co- <laughs> two kids in college like they um Oh, Ben Kingsley's in it as well. Oh, Ooh, shit. Hello. Jesus. Damn, yeah, that's it's, a... It's a fucking really cool movie, and it's free on HBO Max. Holy shit. So two kids in college are, like, hacking the government, sending money from Richard Nixon over to other, like, charities that he wouldn't agree with. Uh, one goes out for pizza, and the other one gets stormed by the police and goes to prison. And the guy that just happened to step out for pizza, like, looks in the window. He's like, oh, shit, and runs away, right? So it cuts to, like, 20 years later. Coward. The one that got away is Robert <laughs> Redford. Uh, and now he runs a security team and their whole job is to break into places. They're hired by banks to break into the bank to prove that it can be done to find the holes in their security. And that's what he does for a living. Blah, blah, blah. Shenanigans ensue when he gets a contract from a shadowy figure and and roped into some crazy stuff. Uh, but it's it's awesome. Had a great time with this movie. I just mentioned it. A lot of people have probably seen this film. Like, no shit, Sneakers is dope, dude. You're an idiot. You're supposed to know about movies. Whatever. I'm just admitting it. It was a blind spot for me. I'm, Highly I'm, recommend honestly, it. Honestly, it's a blind spot for me as well. Highly recommend it that Sneakers available on HBO oh, Max. Even on my radar. Can we make a sequel right to it called Sneakies? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it just stars children. <laughs> Hell, it's little sneakers. It's little sneakies, yeah. <laughs> little They're just breaking into the playpen. We call this one lights, and it's the kid that has like the light-up shoes when they walk. <laughs> baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. And this one's wheels is the kid with the wheelies. <laughs> no, but there actually He's is a character. He's heelies, not a wheelchair. <laughs> heelies, yeah. Yeah, you looked at me like you. Like I was talking about kids in wheelchairs. No, I was talking about kids with the heelys. <laughs> I was like, damn it, Steve. It's inappropriate. I'm not making... Very ableist of you. I'm not doing the Burger King mascot joke, there, right? There actually is a character named Whistler, played by David Strathairn, that uh, is blind. And the way they introduce him in this film is that he's sitting reading a Playboy, uh, you know, in Braille. And it's just, it's unacknowledged. It's never brought up. It's just, that's, that's what he's doing when the, when the, the movie opens. He likes the articles. And I thought, well, actually there's some really good yeah. writing in Playboy, but okay. anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Good choice for you film. Um, that wraps up our crossing stream segment, which brings us to check the gate. Check the gate is the smeg- segment. It's not a smegma. It's not smegma. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for it. That's not what it is. It's the segment. The Each show week is uncircumcised. Where we like here at Streaming Things bring you, the listener, all the hottest, freshest, steamiest takes in TV and film news that you can get literally anywhere else. You heard it here. Third. That's right. Uh, but I got some some news for you here this week, folks. Some, well, you know some good ones. Uh, Old Guard. Neither of you saw that film. Is that correct? Correct. correct. You're both bastards. 
Well, That's all I have to say. That's the news. Don't Steve and Andy me. are the majority here, Dave. Don't remind me. I don't think me. you are. It's available on Netflix. There's three of us and two oh, of us. I see what it. you say. Like in this room, you're the majority. That's fair. Uh, so old gore. Uh, God, talking is hard. Old gore. Uh, it's an old gourd. It's a Thanksgiving film <laughs> about this giant cornucopia that is shriveled. Convenient truth. <laughs> yes, Al Gore. Let me tell you about this old gourd. <laughs> And how it's destroying the world. No! It's based on a comic book. It stars Charlize Theron. Uh, it's about an immortal class of warriors. I'm that sorry. Have- from now on, I'm just going to imagine this is called Old Gord. <laughs> anyway, Old Gord 2 begins filming in 2022. I thought the film had some wonderful action set pieces. Um, Charlize Theron, ever since uh, Fury Road and Atomic Blonde, has established herself as a, a dynamic action superstar i think it's highly entertaining if you're into that kind of thing if you liked blade and you want you're like i wish Charlize theron was in blade you <sighs> dig old guard right sign you up right thought of that son of a bitch some motherfuckers trying to ice skate uphill not putting <laughs> Charlize theron and blade i also have more news this one's a little sad but I, I i agree with the decision so last night in soho the newest edgar wright film uh, mm. about which we have all been extremely excited so um excited. has been pushed back one week I am okay with it. I am too. Because we there were what, that was going to be an movies? exhausting day. Yeah, yeah, you had the French uh, Dispatch. You have um, Jackass <laughs> Four, which <laughs> I'm being funny, but that's probably going to draw a lot of viewers in and theater I'm gonna world watch that it. week. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then you also, I'm missing the biggest one, Dune. Dune, yeah. All on one day, and so they pushed it back to October 29th from October 22nd. Um, but it's still going to compete with like Halloween Kills on Halloween night weekend, mm-hmm. right? Like. But still, I think it'll do very well. I'm excited. It is a horror film. Yay. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Early birthday. On October 30th. Big boy. Oh, big big boy. (laughs) Um, There's also a film called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Have you heard about this? Yeah, it's called My Life. (laughs) (laughs) Steve, I actually think you're going to love this this film. It's a movie um, starring Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage. Okay. It's finally happening. <laughs> yeah, you've been writing this spec script for years in your own head. We all know this. An obsessive fan forces actor Nicolas Cage to recreate his most famous characters and scenes during a birthday party. <laughs> and then he gets like he gets like roped up in some sort of So it's like misery but with Nicolas Cage. Yeah, somewhat. But it's it like, also starts like a mixture of misery and be kind rewind starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it, there's some kind of like romp involved. Yes. <laughs> he gets roped up into like Ooh. some giant international scheme. The movie was made for me. It also stars Pedro Pascal. Okay. Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. Interesting. Judy, Lily Mosheen. Okay. Tiffany Haddish. Great. I thought you'd be more excited, Andy, about uh, Neil Patrick Harris. I went doogie. You said doogie. I was excited. <laughs> okay. I said doogie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I love Neil Patrick Harris. That obscure character that he did when he was 15. I said the I name mentioned of a credited it. role. <laughs> obscure. That made him so, who he is. Andy loves Neil Patrick Harris. I do. He I refers to him as NPH. <laughs> yes, I do. He's I the do biggest now. How I Met Your Mother fan ever born i am and he's gonna watch this movie i'm definitely gonna watch this movie i just hope he sings dude dude has pipes dude what was he in that was kind of strange was it gone girl he wasn't gone girl yeah 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 Yeah. anyway he was very against this is an nph news this is check the gate damn it um good omens 2 was greenlit so stoked 
shocking. I saw a wonderful tweet. I already shared it with Andy. Uh, somebody on Twitter. Yeah, Good Omens too. I know Sorry. you're a huge David, fan. My, your my, mind's blown. Mind completely blanked. I'm like Good Omens, and my my, my memory palace. Yeah, has David like Tennant, a, Martin Freeman. Yeah, it took me. <laughs> you guys saw. You saw my brain trying to like. What is connection? Good. You were Omens? a big fan, were you? Yeah, not? I love that show. Yes. I don't know why my brain had to. Have so it's based on the reboot. novel by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, of which there is only one, mm-hmm. Good Omens, and they've already filmed the entire story of that book in the first season. So. A uh, ignoramus online, t- you know, tweeted at Neil Gaiman. He was like, "This is bullshit. They're making a, a season two. What are they going to do? Just make stuff up?" And Neil Gaiman quote tweeted it and said, "Yeah, probably. That's how we wrote the first one. Uh, it's just we made stuff up. That's how the story was made." So yeah. I just thought that was really funny because somebody being like, "Oh no, there's no source material. What are they going to do?" And I'm like, sure mm. is he helping out? It sounds like he he's pretty involved in all yeah. the stuff that's about his and Neil Gaiman has got to be the most successful prolific man ever born mm-hmm. because when Andy and I were in college, we were in Dude, a, it was a thing. We were in a creative writing course and we didn't really know who Neil Gaiman was because this oh. is right around like the, when Stardust and, and Coraline and all that stuff was, was being written. And, uh, he had mentioned how prolific and wonderful Neil Gaiman was as an author and that we should all read all of his work. And Andy, you're like, who the fuck's Neil Gaiman? So we went out to buy his stuff. And then for months and months and months after that, because we spent a lot of time in bookstores, it's what we do for fun. I'm like, there's fucking Neil Gaiman. Dude, there's another Neil Gaiman everywhere. Everywhere. It got eerie. And we were freaking out because he was like, taking over the world. You had never heard of him before. And all of a sudden he was everywhere. No. Yes. And it's been what? 12, 13 years since then. And he's yeah. done so much more stuff that has like taken the world by storm. I mean, he's got to be the one of the up there with Stephen King yeah. uh, with one of the most successful authors of all time, but very excited for good omens too. no word yet as to when it might release. Um, I've already talked about fear street. I thought that was one of the most unique things to ever happen. I hope good omens comes out uh, with a Chernobyl season two. <laughs> so we can remake the good omens Chernobyl that crossover soundbite. Do you remember that when we, we did Oh that? yeah, absolutely. That's one of Those the most, were- proud i've ever i think that's the proudest i've been of any of the sound bites i've made for the show was the the chernobyl uh good good omens cross oh you're talking about when we reviewed chernobyl and like the second reboot of streaming things yeah yes we've done some good stuff that we need to kind of throw back in there it was a combo episode of good omens and what a bad combo no it turned out great I, I had so I much mean, fun like, editing the that. The irony of that title is amazing. Like thematically, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> Good, Good Omens Chernobyl. Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, in other news, uh, there is a fourth Riddick movie in the works. Oh, my. You guys brought it up. The only reason I wrote that down was because I thought it was funny. Um, capping off our Fast and the Furious coverage of Good Old Vin Diesel. Is Riddick going to be all about family now? I, probably. I have no idea. <laughs> I listened to a lengthy review of what? F9 where a guy compared Vin Diesel to Jesus Christos. Uh, and he, Who? Jesus. Oh. Uh, where he was I'm trying to say. i Andy. I almost legit was like, is, is that supposed to be Jesus? <laughs> he's, he's like basically saying that Dom's character is literally an angel sent to save earth and like there that's why there's all the christian iconography throughout the film and he had this really convincing in-depth argument about 
the biblical element to F9 and what Fast and Furious has become as like a retelling of revelations. And he's who, he's doing it tongue in cheek. But who wrote okay, that? Thank Vin, you. Vin okay. Diesel. Did Vin Diesel write that? No, it's <laughs> they, they actually run the Galaxy Brains podcast. A guy named Din Diesel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what was Vin Diesel's real name? It was something McAllister. Uh, Mark Mark Wilson or something. No, it's Mark Sinclair. Sinclair. Or Mark Sinclair. Did yeah. Mark Sinclair write that? <laughs> yeah, he wrote that article. Um, and finally, have you guys heard of this film? The Many Saints of Newark. Yes, I just heard about it yesterday. The uh, Sopranos prequel film starring James Gandolfini's son. Um, That's all I know about it. I'm very intrigued. Are you guys big Sopranos fans? I mean, are you excited to watch this? What are you thinking? Sopranos, believe it or not, is a huge blind spot of mine. I've never seen anything about it. I've only seen the... uh, I've literally not seen a like a, the only clip I've seen of that show is as an example of like the horrible CGI they used to put a, a a woman who had passed away, but that character lived on in the show. So they like stitch her face on another actor and that's often used as a bad CGI. That's literally the only only clip I've even really seen of The Sopranos. Mm. I'm a fan. I am a fan. We could um, do like a Sopranos rewatch for the show. So, Email streaming things pot at gmail.com. Make that happen. Say like nine I'm seasons. In. Yeah, who cares? Yes, yes. We got Say time. I'm in. Wait, wait. I don't have a job. Who cares? Wait. Chris. <laughs> Chris, wait. <laughs> I'll watch it all. Uh, but listen to the cast. You got Leslie Odom Jr. Ooh. John Bernthal. Ooh. Vera. <laughs> Ooh. Vera Farmiga. I love Vera Farmiga. Billy Magnuson. Billy Ray Madison? Liotta. No, not Billy Madison. <laughs> and of course, Michael Gandolfini. So among many others. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be wonderful. I feel like Sopranos sans James Gandolfini is going to feel weird, but I'm still excited about it. Does his son, I assume his son is supposed to play James Gandolfini's character? Yes. Tony. Does he, does he look like, do they look similar? He does. He has similar mannerisms, but he doesn't have, I mean, he's an actor, so I'm sure he can pull it off. But Mm -hmm. like James Gandolfini was a very nice man in real life, but he was able to pull it off like, oh shit. Like this is, he's a a force to be reckoned with. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't see that at all. But could that in Michael Gandolfini? Could that lend to the the project since it's the prequel of showing how sure. it becomes that? Maybe. This is the Cruella of Sopranos. I'm Ooh, pretty excited. Yeah. So there's going to be three Dalmatians that put <laughs> his mom off a cliff. Yes. <laughs> uh, That's that, why he went to therapy. <laughs> that brings us to the dogs came out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't even know if that's how he sounds in the show. I'm the walking here, dog. I'm walking here, dog. And then they came and they pushed my ma off the, <laughs> off the cliff. And I was like, ma, ma, no, ma, no we were going to get jets. I don't know. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> jets. <laughs> That's the pizza place. I Damn it, mind. man. J-E-T-S. You'll do it by the slice. That brings us to a close of our Check the Gate segment and brings us to our conversation with Lucia Lobosvia. We're very excited to bring it to you. And just know, don't press that fucking button, Steve. You stop it. I was. I, He's trying I to never. press buttons. I would never. I just wanted to say we had an absolute blast talking to her. We hope you follow all of her things on social media. She's got some good stuff for you. All of the links to her things will be in our show notes, I presume. And we'll tweet them out periodically because we support everything that she's doing. Um, but also, you know, we had some technical difficulties with the discord and that kind of threw us off a little bit. Right. And I was a little I'll admit me. Chris, didn't I'll know what Discord it. was. No, not just that. I don't care about that. I'll admit that all day. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what Discord is. Four I'll, hours I'll ago, it. Chris tweeted us, hey, guys, what's Discord? I'm like, dude, you're on TikTok and you don't know what Discord is? <laughs> Shade. 
Shade. But I was a little nervous to be myself, you know, because I'm kind of. What's the word you would use, Andy? Offensive? Abrasive? Uh, Are we describing you? Yeah. Oh. Or maybe I, maybe I'm not. I just feel like really I'm off that way. Sweet young man. Irreverent. Uh, or I'm irreverent. <laughs> there we go. And I wanted to be polite to invite our guest in to feel comfortable. I was overly conscious of that. So, listener. Chris, Chris you're the romp of people. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a frequent romper. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but enjoy our conversation with Lucia. We're excited for you to hear it. Thank you so much. Happy streaming. So everyone's talking about how Batman, according to DC, doesn't reciprocate his lady's oral affections. Let me just say, I can dispel those rumors right now. People have pointed out that his cowl has handlebars and that the bottom half is cut open. Yes, all of that is very true. In addition, you'll notice my suit goes all the way down. His does not. So let me tell you, sometimes there's no time to do anything except that. I think he does it on purpose. Besides, I'm Catwoman. You think I'm going to waste my time chasing a guy on rooftops that doesn't know his way around a cat? He's very skilled in cunning linguistics, multiple languages, or as I would say it, in Spanish. Hace el sexo con su lengua. Es lo que hace, okay? Está bien lindo, me encanta. No me digas más. <laughs> Lucia, can you hear me? This is Chris from Streaming Things. Hey, Chris. I'm here. I can hear you. Can Hi. you hear me? Perfect. Yes, we can. Welcome. This is Streaming Things. My name is Chris. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk a little bit today about how we discovered you on the interwebs and what projects you're working on and other things that you're into. And we'll just jump right into it. Sounds like a blast. Let's do it. I guess we will, we'll start a little bit off of like how I discovered you, um, which was when with the whole Batman uh, <laughs> charade on Twitter. And then your video popped up in my feed. I think, I don't know, somebody that I follow must have liked it or something. And I was just entranced. Um, and that's probably how um, most of us are familiar. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that I whole incident. Yeah. Which Batman charade? But the most recent one uh, with the, uh, the Batman doesn't do kind of lingus from okay. DC corporate okay. heroes and uh, that funny nonsense. Are you? The reason I ask is because I am, um, a voice actor and writer. So this is not the first time that someone's been like, I discovered you because of that funny Batman thing that happened. Right. That you were involved in, and I'm like, which one? Which one? Right. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I think it went down. It's, it's in regards to the HBO max, uh, original Harley Quinn series. Right. Uh, and mm -hmm. apparently the writers of that show had wanted to do, cause it's very vulgar, very funny. Uh, and I love that fucking show. So rated our comedy. Yeah. yeah. And so apparently they had wanted to do some kind of riff with Batman performing Conolingus and DC yeah. had said, no, you're not allowed to do that. I know we've let you all get away with a ton of stuff, but that's not okay. He doesn't do that. He's Heroes a, don't do that. He's a hero. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they wanted to do a bit where they were going to crash in on Batman going down on Catwoman. And DC said, no, no, he can't do that. Heroes don't do that. And it's kind of funny because these are the people that okayed Batman having sex with Batgirl. You know, his son's high yeah. school sweetheart. Yeah, that, that like was messed up. Are you talking about the, the Killing who Joke movie? Who was in the Killing Joke, yeah. Yeah, that was terrible. Who, who, who idolizes him and, you know, kind of starts to feel like grooming. That's kind of creepy. They're like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, giving pleasure to a consenting adult woman you're in a relationship with. Well, well hold on. Heroes don't do that. 
my friend actually i remember uh texted me when this came out was like is there anything gayer than having sex with a woman like boy (laughs) 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 i was like nothing nothing less masculine and having sex with a woman. Am I right, boy? <laughs> Am I right, boys? <laughs> so so uh, were you already it. doing your Selena Kyle uh, cosplay on, on TikTok when this? Yeah, happened? I'd been doing a few of them. And the whole conceit was there were all these women doing like sexy Selena Kyle. And I wasn't even going to try to compete with those beautiful, beautiful women because there are some beautiful women. So mine was like, I do a pretty, pretty good voice impression for her. You do a, I'm a just perfect gonna, one. like her and Bruce are in a relationship now, like a committed one. So she's mm-hmm. like helping raise the kids and she's just like not good at it. So like, she's like trying to pack a lunch for Damien. She has no idea what to put in a lunch. So she's like, Oh, like garlic. And, um, I don't know, chocolate chips. Kids love chocolate chips and like, uh, <laughs> fucking macaroni and cheese powder. So you can make things taste like cheese. I'm such a great mom. Or talking about like trying to have the talk with Cass because Bruce was too awkward to talk to his first adopted girl. And then she's like, oh, it's fine. She won't get pregnant. And Bruce is like, oh, it went well. She's like, oh, we barely talked. She's just like, she's dating a girl, Bruce. And he's like, what? It's like, yeah, her and Harper. Like, it's fine. And have you seen that girl? Like, you know, she's a little alt punk, a little advanced. I'm pretty sure Cass knows what sex is. And Bruce is like, you're not allowed to talk to the kids anymore. <laughs> And it was just going to be a bit of her like getting drunk because she's like a bored housewife at this point. She's like right. her, her more wild life. And that was the conceit, right? Okay, um, so that tracks because I thought she, you just jumped in that suit and like right in the middle of this controversy. I was like, wow, that was fast. Honey, well, did she Amazon that suit? Here. You know, but yeah, now it makes sense. Yeah, you're already doing that now. Well, I'd only started like the week before, so it was pretty fast. Perfect timing, right? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. It was pretty fast. And when I saw Zack Snyder tweeting about it, I was like, damn, like 2021 making me agree with Zack Snyder about something. I don't know. <laughs> what is this? Thank you. Thank you. I know. I know. Oh God. So a little backstory behind streaming things, because I don't know if you listen to our show, but uh, I was actually a huge fan of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, we mm-hmm. all hated Army of the Dead. But uh, Andy and Steve were not. And uh, so it's a, it's a running joke with us. But when Zach, uh, so for listeners that don't know, Zach uh, tweeted a, a, a photo, but it was, a, you know, a drawing of a Batman going down on Catwoman. And it, what's funny about he that. He clearly commissioned it that. It seems like he commissioned it. Yeah. Because if you reverse yeah. Google image search it, it is nowhere else. And that is so Zach Snyder. Like he literally just like, I'll give you 10 grand if you draw this. <laughs> Copyright claimed. So people are like, hey, uh, DC, is this an omission that this is canon because you're copyright claiming <laughs> some things Zack Snyder commissioned? Nice. Oh, shit. I didn't um, know it got copyright yeah, claimed. That's awesome. The picture's no longer up on his tweet. <laughs> I bet that would sell for a pretty penny as an NFT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The original Zack Snyder meme. Well, I, I've researched a lot about you since and I've uh, you know listened to your demo reel and I've Googled a bunch of the stuff that you've done. I've got very intrigued. Um, but that's uh, your Selena Kyle um, cosplay, and which is so well done. How long have you been doing that? Thank you. It, this was actually my first time ever getting to do that cosplay. I I'd had it saved up this last year, but because of COVID, um, you know, conventions were shut down, so I didn't get to wear it. And I was actually hospitalized um, because of COVID. I was very sick for a while. Um, I actually got assaulted and ended up pretty battered up too so it was a pretty pretty rough time and i was living with a a friend of mine that basically took me in after all this and i was like you know what um i'm 
I'm just going to put on the Selena cosplay. I never got to wear at cons for myself just for fun. I'm just going to fuck around. And I know a lot of people online do, you know, especially on TikTok and stuff, will do like sexy, clean, Selena Kyle stuff. And I was like, you know, I'm not like a super beautiful girl or anything. I never have been, but like, you know, I'm, I'm an actor. So I can, I can kind of do a voice for her and, and be funny. Um, so that's what I did. And it was interesting because people seemed to respond to that because they were like, oh, gosh, like you act like her. You look like her. And I was like, oh, God, like I never thought I of all people would be told I look like one of the prettiest <laughs> women in comics. No, you do a very good Selena Kyle impersonation. And that's what struck me. And I think obviously struck a chord with a lot of people that that post, at least the one that I saw. So I guess tell tell the world in your own words kind of what happened, what your thought process was when, you know, you stumbled upon this this controversy uh, on Twitter and decided to hop into it and, and, and be funny or whatever your thought process was. Just kind of walk us through that, I guess. So I've been a fan of um, Batman and Batman comics since I was a child and I first started watching the animated series. That's really what got me into it. And since then, I've loved the movies. I play the Arkham games every single year. I actually came up with a Batshetty order that I play them in because it's such a controversy <laughs> over what order you're supposed to play the Arkham games in. I love Catwoman. I mean, I love a lot of the DC girls, but I, I love Catwoman so much for the fact that she is kind of that Robin Hood-esque answer to Batman where mm -hmm. she looks out for the people Batman that might fall between the cracks, you know, for Batman. Cause like Batman tries to be a man of like justice and integrity. But of course, when you're, you're coming from the kind of life experience Bruce has, you're not necessarily going to see the other side of it where the criminals come from the underworld. Right. Um, and she primarily seems to defend like abused children and sex workers, the kind of people that fall through the cracks a lot. And I think that she really gives Bruce a real challenge and, and it's very easy for Bruce to be like, you know, if you steal something, you have to go to jail, having someone from the perspective of like, well, it's easy for a billionaire to say that you've never needed anything. You know? Right. Right. Um, Fair point. So I think she, she's really a wonderful foil to him in that she is someone of very, very strong morals and integrity uh, like him. So they get along in that sense. But unlike him, she comes from a completely different life experience and perspective and can offer him one that he doesn't have. And that's where they clash. Right. right. He wants to be by the book. This is right. This is wrong. And she's like, well, it's, it's messier than that. Sure. Um, so I, I really love the character for those reasons. Um, I myself have had a really eclectic upbringing when it came to the financial situations we were in growing up. Um, so she sp speaks to me that way. Also the fact that she's mixed race Latina and I am too. So you don't see a whole lot of that in any media, but this whole thing, you know, it took place over three or four days and I just thought this is hilarious, right? It's, it's so many different layers to it. There's, there's a layer of, of, of sex positivity, uh, and bureaucracy, uh, and all kinds of things kind of at work. And it's the perfect Twitter storm. And then you come along as Selena Kyle with this pitch perfect TikTok. Um, so walk me through that, I guess. How's, has your life changed at all? What was, what was your reaction to the reaction? Um, um it hasn't really changed because I've already had other videos where I've done silly things in the past that have gotten a little bit of internet notoriety. Mm -hmm. I actually, I had the, the privilege of going to, um, John DiMaggio's premiere of now of, I know that voice at the Egyptian theater in LA. And there were all these famous voice actors there. And some, some young woman comes up to me and says, Oh my God, are you the voice of Maya Faye in the Phoenix Wright musical project? And I'm like, 
girl, Tom Kenny, Rob Paulson, June freaking Foray are all here. And you recognize my mm, voice? Come sit yeah. with me. Like, come here. Great. So, it isn't the first time I've done. So, I, I always say I'm like, I'm always feel like I'm on the cusp of actually having a career. Like every now and then people will be like, wait, I know who you are. I know your content, but it never seems to quite pick up. Um, so it just feels like that's happened again. But um, it was fun. And it was it's especially been fun because, you know, with everything that happened during COVID, I was pretty down on myself. Having sure. Sick and falling apart um, and to have people. I, the funniest actually interaction I had, because mostly it was very positive. People were very nice. Was one person being like, oh, look at this internet thought. I don't respect you and what, I, and what you do. And I was like, what do you think I do? And he was like, ah, oh, you and you people and your OnlyFans. I was like, I don't have an OnlyFans. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he was like, oh, look, you acting all sexy. I was like, yeah, that's the character, though. Do you want me to act out of character are you a fan of catwoman like what, what do you want right and like after all these horrible things he said to me he came back like a couple hours later and was like i just i guess he must have googled me or something and been like i just realized you're actually an actress i'm actually an aspiring actor too i'm oh. really sorry i was in a bad mood and i was like nice. this never happens you never have a troll come back and be like i'm sorry man yeah he apologized <laughs> yeah i mean it doesn't completely excuse it but that's <laughs> yeah that's that's a leaps and bounds better than what usually goes down on the internet uh, I was having a bad day. <laughs> I typically troll I, I, I and sad. All the time usually what happens is people trying to act like you don't know what you're talking about, about comics. Cause you know, they see a, a small petite looking woman and assume I don't. And just the fun I get to have of being like, Oh boy, here we go. Like earlier today, even I was, um, Tom Taylor was retweeting this comment I made about something about him jokingly. And someone responded, I think you mean Tom King. They say to a retweet where I've clearly retweeted Tom Taylor and responded to him. And the, they say the reply guys cannot resist. The urge. And I just responded. I did not. <laughs> and then I just made a, a tweet where I was like, little known fact, Tom Taylor actually does not exist. It is a persistent industry typo for Tom King. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, the, the gatekeepers, you know, they can't resist um, anybody in their, their little spaces, which doesn't make any sense because, we're often quite lonely in those spaces. So you would think they'd be inviting as many as possible, but um, yeah. I, I get that myself and I'm, I'm not a woman on the internet. So I can't imagine. I hear a lot from, from male friends of mine that are into these sorts of things. Like, you know, there's not a lot of girls that are into this and I'm like, no, there are. It's just women tend to occupy different spaces because they don't always feel welcome in the spaces and fandom. Cause you might go to a, a comic book shop or a convention and say, well, it's all dudes. And I go, well, yeah, but the women are all on fan fiction or on archive of our own, like that, those or deviant art. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. The, that primarily women, not that there aren't men that also will write fanfic or draw art, but it's primarily women that usually do things like that. And so clearly there is a large number of women in these sort of like nerdy interested hobbies. And there always have been, they just, since they don't always feel welcome in those circles, they tend to make their own which I think just perpetuates the idea of like women don't like these things. Um, sure. And one of my favorite things is a friend trying to tell me like, Oh, Lucia, you're so legit. Like, you know, girls nowadays act like they know anime to impress you. Like, you know, they'll look at Naruto and be like, is that Goku? And I just was like, <laughs> friend, 
listen, if a girl's saying that to you, she's not stupid. She's not living under a rock. She just doesn't want to talk to you. And she knows that's the fastest way for you to leave. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> the fastest way to piss off a Star Wars fan is to tell them to live long and prosper. So that makes sense, you know? Yeah. yeah it's like, it, it's, I don't, if you're assuming that women are dumb and not just trolling you, well, you have the answer to why they're acting that way. <laughs> It is interesting because so my my wife is incredibly nerdy. She she plays video games like a monster. She's very, very good at Overwatch and Call of Duty and stuff like that. But she's also a huge um, Harry Potter, Star Wars um, anime anime fan. Uh, And so when she plays online, she gets a lot of people who are kind of like, oh, you're a girl. You can't play games or you shouldn't play games. And let me tell you. Nothing inspires her more than clowning these people who who, you know, give her prejudice on on the gaming platform just because she's a woman. And sometimes you can hear her in her office where she plays cackling like a fiend because she's just, you know, (laughs) double tapping 12 year olds. (laughs) Sounds like my kind of lady. Oh, yeah. You you get along with her. Um, So is that something that, you know, you know, she my wife, she she gets some sort of pleasure by kind of rubbing, you know, assholes nose and you know their their misogyny is that something that kind of like how is your reaction do you do you do you like proving people wrong not that you that's your you know job job to do that but is that something you find that that a motivation of gratification from i often deal with those sorts of things with humor because it's funny to me it doesn't upset me I'm not the sort of person that feels like I need the external validation of a person I've never met who's clearly being sexist to me. Mm -hmm. So like, I'll usually just make a funny comment, but um, a lot of the time I I try not to approach things hatefully because I understand where some of these people are coming from. When you feel like this has been something you've been interested in in your whole life and nerd culture wasn't always cool. Like it is now. Right. right. Oh yeah. So we kind know. Of feel <laughs> are encroaching on something that you suffered for and now it's cool and everyone likes it. The same people that bullied you are suddenly acting like lifelong fans. So I think sometimes it's a symptom of, of shifting that kind of anger and hurt onto whoever you perceive as, you know, being like, the colonizer of your geek culture. Right. Right. Um, and because of that perception that women haven't been into geek stuff, even though they always have been, um, women are often the target of this. And so sometimes I just kind of like approach it, um, with a certain level of, of calm and good humor and empathy, because a lot of the time you find with these people that it's coming from a place of hurt rather than hate. They're just frustrated and they feel powerless and they feel like their hobby they suffered for has been like, you know, mainstreamed and, and trying to, to reach that point of like, Hey, I get it, but I'm not your enemy. I'm not the one that was giving you noogies and swirlies and wedgies when you were growing up liking this stuff. Mm-hmm. I was the the girl that people said was weird for liking this stuff. And I said, well, um, I don't care about your opinion because I only like velociraptors. So bye. So right. like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. It's terrifying. Actually, Bo Burnham has a lot of really, um, astute things to say about that. And I think coming from somebody who was sort of reborn on the internet, you know, it, it mean, it carries all the more weight. Um, but speaking of that, by the way, so one of the big things on our show, our whole show exists just out of a mutual love of TV and film mostly. Uh, but really we kind of 
knock around the things we've been streaming that, that we just want to help people navigate. There's such a plethora of content with a capital C. Um, and we really kind of enjoy helping people navigate that um, with wit and humor as much as possible. So two questions before we let you go. Most importantly, Lucia, what have you been streaming? Batman at the name. <laughs> okay. Walk us through that. Where can you find it? What's going on with it? So being me, professional writer who, who's written screenplays and all that, I sat down and I tried to do a task that was too insane and I should have never done it. I tried to take all the most beloved and important Batman stories and put them in a consistent, coherent timeline with all the best versions of characters and everything. Okay. And it took me a long time. And I, I, my notes look like that always sunny episode with Pepe Silvio where Charlie's like, let me tell you about the mail, Matt. Like that's, <laughs> that's what it looks like with all the lines and the crazy papers everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I, I did this and I called it Batman Athenaeum and I wrote some scripts for my friends. But because I am a voice actor and I have a lot of friends that are professional voice actors, way more successful than me, um, for what was supposed to be a bunch of friends reading some Batman scripts, there are some incredible performances, let me tell you. Like the guy doing Bruce Wayne is the voice of Ghost from Ghost Runner, that that video game. Um, oh. Yeah. That's awesome. He's, he's oh, that PC incredible. game that just came out like last year? Yeah. Nice. He's seen Bruce Wayne and Batman. Um, and it's several several of the VAs are, are professional Funimation, Bing Zoom um, other sorts of VAs that are incredibly talented. Yeah. Who either love Batman or just were mutual friends and wanted in on this. So is that what that you were casting on Twitter earlier? Yeah, I, I was doing a, we, I do rounds of casting whenever we get to certain characters we need. And we just got to Talia and Carmine Falcone and a whole bunch of those characters. So, um, yeah, I've been working on that. So it, I tried to write it so that people who were fans, lifelong fans of Batman and DC could enjoy a fresh take on the characters, but for people who had always wanted to get into it and never had and weren't sure, knew nothing about it even, they could go in fresh and not be confused. So I, I tried to write it that way. So, um, so how can people get in on this? How can they find it? Like, So we do live streams on Twitch where the actors all cold read it. They're very uh -huh. messy. Sometimes some people are like drunk and we're just being silly. <laughs> yeah, so we gotta, are recording creaming it. We are recording proper, properly recorded versions of the episodes with original music being composed by a couple friends of mine that are composers and audio engineers. Um, and I think the sound we're going for is inspired by like the the animated series, the Burton films, and the Arkham games is kind of the the soundtrack inspirations we're going for. Uh, one of the the composers, James Riley, actually, um, he did a song for Anarchy, who where it sounded really cool, and he was like, "Do you guys get it?" And we we're like, "No, we don't get it. What is it?" And he was like, "The notes are A C A B," and we're like, "Are the notes saying A cab?" <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to get this, but no, it's been great. Um, Anarchy in this, this continuity is actually Gordon's son, James Gordon Jr., who becomes Anarchy and runs away from home after uh, his mom, Grace Gordon, gets killed by the police trying to intimidate uh, the newly promoted Captain James Gordon from, you know, trying to clean up the, pol the corrupt police department. And so the response is that uh, Jamie was the one that came home and found his mom 
And so when he tells his dad that he thinks the cops did it and the reasons why, and Gordon's stuck in the situation where he's like, I can't make crazy moves or my kids will be next. So he tries to tell Jamie, like, you don't know what you saw. And the kid gets mad and runs away from home, and like becomes anarchy. Um, so that's the version of the character. It's a, it's a bit different. And Lonnie Mansion's like a, a pseudonym he takes up. So there's, there's some versions of the characters that are more original or blended. And then there's others that are the classic versions you would expect. That sounds super fun and uh, something that a lot of people would be into. Um, is, is this something that... Out, oh, sorry. My Twitter at Lucia Lobos Via. I update everything there. The Batman at the name hashtag has updates. Uh, my Twitch name is the same as my Twitter and you can see the live streams there. My YouTube channel, Annie Analysis, which is also linked on my Twitter, is where we've been posting the live streams as well as on Twitch. Awesome. And um, we're also going to be releasing the fully mixed properly recorded versions of the episodes episode one's actually almost done and we have some great talent like ryan hoyle voiced thomas wayne um i really really loved our alfred is incredible i can't wait for you guys to hear who's doing alfred but yeah there's, there's some real talents and i I got to voice little baby Tommy Elliott hanging out with little baby Bruce Wayne playing when they were kids. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, actually, that whole famous thing of him falling in through the ground into the cave with the bats. Um, it's written in a way where you're never sure if Bruce fell or if kid Tommy shoved him. Yeah. Um, can you, can you give us a little Can you give us a little taste of uh, what little Tommy sounds like? <laughs> well, he's kind of inspired a little bit by, like, my Trunks Brief's voice if you're a Dragon Ball fan. So he's kind of like... Um, you're the cop. I'm the robber. I have to break the rules. Otherwise, I'm not playing fair. So <laughs> <laughs> It sounds pretty close to Trunks, too. So. I was listening to your demo reel earlier. Andy and I were. And your range is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Very impressed. Andy is our resident like linguist slash language expert here. He does a lot of different accents. Uh, <laughs> that's, accents that, that's not true at all. <laughs> I, I can't do any accents whatsoever. Yeah. It's it's a we, running we, joke here. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a running joke where we always. What was that? He threw you under the bus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a running joke where we always like throw to Andy, like, "Can you do a Russian accent right now, Andy?" And he just like but, comes out Jamaican. Potatoes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you asked me to do an accent of myself, I couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> or perhaps he is excellent at doing Russian accents and doesn't want you to know his name is Tovarish and he is spy. That's, oh, that's, see, that's yeah. probably what it is. Andy, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. He just he has other talents. That's all. Right? I do. I do have one more question about this project. Has um, DC or anybody from DC like reached out to you guys to kind of like show any sort of support or you know you know cease and desist. or yeah you know, or cease and desist? <laughs> DC has not said anything. Uh, I am followed and mutuals on Twitter by a few um, comic book writers, so I imagine they've seen it. But I think they're doing me a solid and not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) They might just enjoy it. Um, I doubt DC will even acknowledge it. Um, They they don't tend to be the sorts to really acknowledge fan stuff too much. Mm -hmm. Oh, they came after Zack Snyder's photo pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I I don't. I'll be very surprised. If they acknowledge it, I will be thrilled if they do, but I I will be very, very shocked if they do. I I know that they've been trying to reboot the universe. I mean, how many times have they done it just in the last decade or two with like 
post-crisis new 52 yeah rebirth and now infinite frontier future state was kind of like a soft reboot so like they keep trying and so here's my attempt at it trying to reboot the universe so i guess that brings me to one more question before i let you go too i mean how do you feel about the matt reeves film project uh, specifically uh paul dano as the riddler i mean that's got to be near and dear to you as such a big fan of the riddler's character what, what do you how you feel about that um you know i i don't I haven't seen him as the Riddler yet, so I can't. Sure. I can't say. Like, I, I never like to prejudge. I know that a lot of people, when when castings get announced, are very much the type to be like, oh, this is a terrible cast. This person can't do this. I don't like to do that because you never know what an actor can do until you see them do it. Oh, Paul Dano could play the shark in Jaws. That guy's amazing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I know that. I, I don't want to say, you know, what kind of Riddler he's going to be or if he's going to be one I'm going to like until I've seen it for myself. Because, you know, like so many people were being so, so cruel to Robert Pattinson when he got cast mm-hmm. for the Batman yeah. um, based on how he was in Twilight. And I was like, have you seen the material for Twilight? I don't think that's a good basis. A good for time? Are you kidding or me? Or any movie he's been in since <laughs> Yeah, those he's movies. killing it. Yeah, he's, he's killing it. Um, yeah, like in the and they're always wrong. They everybody right? freaked but, out about Heath Ledger as Joker. I mean, that was the yeah, that was a exactly huge what they controversy. thought about Heath Ledger that he was just some pretty boy. Yep, and yeah, and then they were blown so I, away. I, I never want to give an opinion until I've actually seen an actor do it because I don't think it's I don't think it's fair. That's the best um, answer. You in, win. In general, are you excited about the the new upcoming Batman movie with Matt Reeves directing? Does- I hope I will be. I. So I have this theory that it's Hush that's doing these things mm-hmm. because the whole cutting up faces and wrapping them up seems like way more of a Hush MO. Sure. And I wonder what the Riddler is actually doing besides leaving Riddler riddles. If he's it, also the fact he's that building he's building the tracks and not Batman seems like more of a Hush thing. I personally am not as big of a fan when they make Riddler like a low rent Joker serial killer because I'm like, we have the Joker for that. Sure. I've always preferred, and it's sad because that's what he's been for a while now since like New 52 and especially Rebirth. I've always liked him better, like how he was during Paul Dini's run where he was, you know, trying his best to be a better person, but he just has so many problems and yeah. it doesn't always work out i just find him more interesting and compelling as a person who who has a kind of warped sense of morality but wants to and, and those this like obsessive compulsive need to do specific things and the struggle between the people he sees as like a threat to him or an obstacle to him and the struggle within his own head i I think the arkham games initially showed that deterioration very well like clearly this is someone who's sliding into craziness um and i just find that a way more compelling and interesting character and i we haven't seen it but i would like to see him claw crawl out of that hole someday and and i mean i thought he was at his most fascinating when he was reformed as detective nigma where he wasn't perfect but he was trying his best and the struggle of like, wow, I didn't have any friends when I was a villain. And now it's even worse because villains don't trust me because I'm a good guy now. So I'm a traitor and cops don't trust me because, you know, I used to kill some of them. So, right. I never get over it. Yeah. So blah, say blah. I only killed three or four of your friends. Come on, guys. Throw me a bone. <laughs> not fair. I wasn't on medication, guys. Come I'm, on. Like, this is ableist. Look at this <laughs> riddle I wrote. <laughs> well, Lucia, it's been wonderful having you on. You've made three new fans here at Streaming Things for sure. We'll be following what you do very closely. Um, if you ever need anything, let us know. And thank you so much for, for coming on our little show. 
Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. And I, I'm going to be listening to your show. And I hope to talk to you guys again soon. And remember, heroes do do that. All right. Thank you so much again to Lucia Lobos Villa for joining us here on Streaming Things. Please come back someday. Thank you, all of our listeners. Email us, write us, call us, do all that shit. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. Happy streaming. Let me get in character here. I'm just starting the show. The your motivation is you're a host the la- of a podcast. And <laughs> the laptop's on. And the tech guy messed okay, up. Well, you were born in the suburbs of Moscow. <laughs>